The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI, Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, this is Get the Funk Out. We are joined by Amy Guitard, a fifth-generation chocolate maker at Guitard Chocolate Company. Yes. All right, you are on. How are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. I love this uh, cookbook I got in the mail. Thank you so much. I mean, you're very welcome. As I mentioned, I didn't get a chance to really look at it because my kids ran away with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good sign, I suppose. I know. <laughs> So tell me, uh, you are part of a fifth, you're the fifth generation chocolate maker. How, tell me about the history of this company. Yeah, so um, I am indeed the fifth generation. My cousin and I um, both uh, represent the fifth generation. Um, my great-great-grandfather actually founded our company in 1868. He was living in France and came to San Francisco looking for gold, like lots of people, um, and he brought chocolate from his uncle's um, chocolate factory uh, to trade for mining supplies. And when he got here, he realized that he was able to get a bit more money for the chocolate than he would pining for gold. So he went back to France and kind of finessed his chocolate-making skill um, and returned to San Francisco and opened doors right along the Embarcadero, which if you've ever been to San Francisco, you know there's oh, yeah. a bunch of piers down there. Um, and there was all sorts of commodity trading that happened back in the day. So, um, so yeah, so he was, uh, he opened doors down there and um, he's, you know, been making chocolate ever since. And so how did you get involved in this business? I mean, what were you doing before this or has this always been your passion? You know, I I think I've always kind of sort of in my gut knew that I would end up here. Um, prior to, I've only been working for the family business for about four years. Um, prior to working here, I was still working in food. Um, I was working for Cliff Bar, the mm-hmm. energy bar company, yes. and I was there for about six years working in marketing and brand management and stuff like that. So um, I think there's there's something, I think once you get roped into the world of food, if it's a passion of yours, it's hard to leave. So, um, you know, it was an easy jump from energy bars to chocolate, plus chocolate was the original energy bar. So at least <laughs> That's what I tell myself when I start eating it at 9 in the morning. Absolutely, 9 in the morning. You're funny. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to ask you, what is it like to be making some of these recipes that have been, you know, carried on generation to generation? 
Yeah, you know, I've, I've always been a big baker, um, and I think I'm kind of the token baker of the family. And so I've grown up making a lot of these recipes, and it's been fun as I kind of got older and more comfortable in the kitchen to mm-hmm. evolve some of them and, and try and um, make some myself. But, you know, especially working here and being so involved in the sourcing side of it and going to Origin and working with farmers and um, and being part of the, the crafting process of making chocolate um, and then being able to bring that chocolate home and make a baked good out of it is is pretty humbling, to say the least, um, and inspiring as well, just because it's truly, um, you know, we talk a lot about and you hear oftentimes in the marketplace bean-to-bar, um, and, and it's true. There are a lot of bean-to-bar makers out there, um, but to be able to be involved throughout the entire process and then be able to bring that chocolate home and make something from it, um, it's pretty inspiring. Right. Now, the theme of my show is get the funk out. So have you ever been in a career funk, you know, and if you so advice for people listening? (laughs) Um, A career funk. Uh, Well, I'm always looking for inspiration. You know, I think that so often we kind of, we can get in in the, same thing with recipes. You know, you can keep baking the same thing over and over again, but that's the beauty of food. It's always changing, especially an agricultural product. And I kind of apply the same thing with my career as well. You know, there's always something new. There's always a different boundary to push or Mm -hmm. a different person perspective to take. And so that's how I try and keep myself fresh and um, always try and keep an eye out on new trends and things like that. So that's, that's how I keep the, the funk out. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> I, my thing would be dark chocolate. That's how I get oh. it. <laughs> yeah, there's that as well. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> there say, are the food vices, but it, it's good for you. I mean, I've read good things about how dark chocolate is good for you. It is good for you. It, yeah, there. You know, there's lots of good stuff in it, and um, you know, we have we do have a, a, a breakfast section in in the cookbook, which is uh, really intended to show you that you can have chocolate at all times of the day. Um, some of them have milk chocolate in them, but um, there are some dark. There are a lot of dark chocolate recipes in the book. Um, but yeah, dark chocolate's great for you. Um, you know, I think people always think that chocolate is. You know, you've got a. Um, how much you're consuming it, but uh, we eat a lot of it around here, and um, we're doing okay. So yeah, yeah you don't sound very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not 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 too much. Now I read in a bio that was sent to me that you recently traveled to the Ivory Coast. What was that? Yes. Like? Yeah, I, um, as mentioned, I travel to Origin quite often, um, and I'm oftentimes going there with our Director of Sustainability, and between the two of us, we're doing a lot of work with um, farmers and doing um, some capacity building in terms of flavor analysis and things like that. Uh, my dad, who I work with, um, is heavily involved on the quality side of things, and um, it's it's a passion of his, as is just the company in general, um, and working with farmers on the ground to ensure that those classic flavors that are inherent to a lot of these regions don't get lost as we start to look toward increasing productivity or increasing yields. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the work that we do on the ground is working with local governments um, to try and increase capacity to have them better understand what flavors we're looking for when we're buying beans and also to understand how they translate into a finished product. So, um, you know, we were in the Ivory Coast meeting with the government there to um, propose a new project um, that's in conjunction with the World Cocoa Foundation and USAID um, to put a flavor lab in country. We have a project we're working on in Ghana, Mm -hmm. which is a similar component, um, as well as in Indonesia. 
Um, but in addition to that work, we're always, you know, going and meeting with farmers and understanding what their challenges are and working with them to, you know, see, you know, what they're doing post-harvest, fermentation, drying, things like that, and really understanding what their community drivers are and things like, you know, that. It's it's a very complicated supply chain and one that everyone's really passionate about. So we like to dig into it and get to know our our farmers. Now, for those who don't know, because a lot of people don't know, my kids were asking recently, could you talk about the process of of growing these beans? And I mean, it sounds very basic, but, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, no, it is really interesting. I'm I'm consistently fascinated. I've been to a lot of farms, and um, there's always uh, something new that I learn. But cocoa grows um, around 10 to 15 degrees either side of the equator. We tend to call it the cocoa belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so places like Venezuela, Ecuador, um, Madagascar, um, Ghana, Ivory Coast. Uh, Hawaii is actually the northernmost region within that cocoa belt um, where cocoa grows. And um, we do a lot of work with um, the Hawaiian islands and um, working with them to, to get a proper bean. But um, they grow, they're a bunch of different types of trees. I, I liken it to when you talk about apples and you've got Brayburns and Pink Ladies and Granny Smiths. Okay. You have a similar sort of system to cacao. So um, you have Trinitarios, Foresteros, Criollos, different types of beans that have different flavors. And of course, the beans will also have different flavors based on the regions. So based on the soil, the way the sun hits the plant, um, and also how it's harvested. So it grows on a tree in a pod. Um, You oftentimes, you know, you take the pods off, you crack them open, and you have like a net of seeds inside, and it's in a white pulp. And that pulp needs to ferment around the seed, and that will create flavor. Um, So when you harvest it, you put it through a fermentation process, very similar to wine. Mm -hmm. It depends on how long um, you do it. It's dependent on the type of bean. If it's a white bean, a lighter bean, you're going to ferment it a little bit less than, say, a darker bean, Mm -hmm. like a Forestero. Um, And once it's fermented, then you set it out to dry. Um, Drying in the sun is much better than artificial drying. There are some places that have to do artificial drying, given that there might be harvesting in the rainy season, and then they'll just get a bunch of mold if they put it out (laughs) under the sun and it won't dry. But solar drying is um, preferable because it's slower and it it kind of just sets the flavors a bit better. Um, And so between those two components, the, the fermentation and the drying, we the, the beans then ship to us, and when we get it, then it goes through a whole other um, kind of set of processes. We roast them, and we grind them, and we conch, and well, you refine, and then you conch, and then you deposit, and then you get your chocolate chips. What did you say? You conch? Yeah, conching is a step that happens just right before you temper it, and conching is, it's like when you make toast, um, and your your toast is going to taste different from your bread. It's like a, a toasting sort of in, in very simple terms. Um, you basically are cooking the, the um, recently refined chocolate. Um, and so you basically um, turn it on itself. And through the heat and through the friction, um, it toasts and kind of gets its final flavors. That is so interesting. I didn't know so many of those steps with yeah. the drying and the this and the that. And that's, that's interesting. Do you, um, do you find yourself you're in so many different aspects of the company because it's such an 
you know, it's it's all interrelated. I mean, do you have many different hats you wear? Yeah, we all wear a lot of different hats. You know, I um, as I said, I've been here for about four years, and um, I oversee all the marketing. But I think as a family business, we're we're pretty darn small, so we all wear a lot of different hats. And we're all very collaborative. Um, there's never really anything that goes on here without everyone knowing about it. So mm-hmm. um, I think just by nature of that, um, you know, you get roped into a lot of stuff. And the sourcing component is something that is just um, so fascinating and just ever-changing and really having that connection on the farmer level is um, an important part. So, and, and how many relatives are involved, you know, people re- related to your, because you are the fifth generation, you said, um, you mentioned a, a sibling? Um, yeah, you know, there are, we're all just one big, <laughs> big family here, to be honest with you. You know, there are, um, you know, where there are employees here who've worked for second generation employees and, um, you know, there are some, some folks who have worked here for 30 plus years. So, um, you know, relatives, actual family members aside, it's just one, That's one great. big guitar family. So. That's <laughs> great. And, uh, Tell me about some of the things. Do you have new products coming out, or you know, this, you have basically maintain a roster of things that are very popular. Yeah, you know, we've we have a lot of our our products that we've been making for a very long time, and um, have always have been in the mix and continue to be in the mix. Are some of our fan favorites. Um, we have our con- most of our business um, is on the wholesale side, so we supply confectioners um, with chocolate, and so you, we like to say you've probably had more guitar than you are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have our consumer consumer line: um, baking chips, baking wafers, baking bars, um, and cocoa powders. And we just launched um, recently a series of organic baking wafers, which are really beautiful um, products. And we have a 38% milk chocolate, a 66, and a 74, and those are all organic and fair trade certified. Um, and then we also have our baking bars, which are relatively new given <laughs> how old some of our other products are. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are really fun. It's six ounces um, in a box, and they come in three two-ounce bars. So it's really easy to bake with. Um, those are also fair trade certified. And then on our professional line, um, our collection of TN line, which are used by chefs in the kitchen, a lot of them are crossover into the consumer line, but we have a lot of new stuff as well um, that just came out. We have 100% um, and then a couple, like a 70 and a 64% baking, you know, the wafers, um, and those are all fair trade certified, and um, it was really fun to launch a product line for pastry chefs that are that are certified fair trade, because um, it's one of those things, you know, everyone talks oftentimes about local and things like that, and right. um, that's oftentimes about relationships, right? And so sure. fair trade certification is kind of one way to, to carry that relationship story forward with a product that's grown far, far, far farther away than kind of that 50-mile local radius that you oftentimes hear people talking about. Right. And in basic terms, could you basically describe what fair trade is to some people? Yeah, fair trade is a certification um, that off, that is um, given to farmers who adhere to certain sort of um, protocols, and they get a premium for their product when it's sold into the market. So it ensures that they're getting a higher price point. Um, we oftentimes buy our cocoa at a premium above market pricing regardless, just because mm-hmm. it's kind of how we do business. Um, but the certification is an, is an easy way for consumers to know that the product is being um you know, brought through the supply chain and that the farmers are being given a fair price and also are adhering to fair labor practices, um, safe working conditions, things like that. That's great. Was it hard, by the way, putting together this um, cookbook, like choosing, ciphering down all these recipes? 
Well, we do. We do have a fair amount of recipes. You know, I think when we were creating it, um, Chronicle Books, our publisher, was awesome um, in providing really great guidance as to what to include. Um, we really wanted to provide home bakers with um, a whole plethora of recipes that they could use and explore in their kitchens. Everything from very, you know, super easy, basic recipes that might appear on the back of of a bag way back when um, to some more sophisticated recipes. Our pastry chef, Donald Russell, has a chapter in there um, that has some more challenging recipes that are a little bit more laborious um, and for the more adventurous home baker. And then there are a couple staples. So once we kind of had those guidelines, it was relatively easy to select some of the recipes. Um, and there are some really old ones in there and some of the newer ones. So um, it was a fun process. And it was fun to tell the stories. You know, it was... Um, I'm an avid home baker, so um, a lot of these things have been in the family for a while. And as I said, I've I, I made some of them, but a lot of my, my role in this book is telling the story behind them and kind of bringing people into our family and um, sharing the memories that we made while you know making these recipes and hopefully inspiring other families to make their own memories. No, I think that's really important because there are great stories behind things. Whereas, yeah. you know, it's one thing to say, this is my grandmother's, you know, famous apple pie. And then to have a story behind it is another thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's food is um, one of those things that everyone has in common, you know, and it's the memories and the stories that go along with it is where you can start to craft your own um, journey and um, story with your with your family and friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know why it made me think of this, but um, one time... My husband tried to light our fireplace, but he forgot to open the flue. Oh, no. And my daughter has an allergy to dust, and oh, it was terrible. So I came home. I opened all the doors and windows. I was like, let's bake. <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's bake chocolate cake. I mean, and just the smell of baking in general makes everybody feel good, and just it's a, makes your house a home. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the case. You know, it's, I live in an apartment building with lots of folks, and you can always smell people's dinners when you're walking up. Um, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's true. It's baking is, and it's, we always say taste has memory, but I think smell has memory as well. You know, it's, it all, it all kind of morphs together, and, um, you know, it's one of those things you, it's like I have hot chocolate, and I can't forget that, that first time that I had it. Um, takes you back to that memory in that moment. Right. You know, it's so funny. We're talking about chocolate. I'm thinking, hot chocolate would be really good right now. <laughs> well, it's pouring up here. Oh, it um, is? So it's like I could go for some hot chocolate as well. You oh, may have inspired okay. me. <laughs> and now I want to ask you one last thing before we wrap up. For, for people that might be listening and thinking, you know, I really want to get in, involved with a company like this or do something like this with my life. Do you have any advice? Um, you know, I always think just, it sounds so cliche, but um, follow your passion and follow your gut. You know, I think that um, working in food, for me, again, is one of those things that's so grounding. It's a it's a product that unites all of us, and um, especially cacao, it grows from the earth. Um, and so that, for me, was my driver, um, you know, to to come back to the family business and just to work in food. So, you know, I think that um, it's if, if you feel a draw to, to working for a company that, um, you know, is involved throughout the supply chain and um, cares about quality and um, don't, don't turn a blind eye to it and pursue it and keep going because, um, you know, it's, it's a fun world to live in. Yes, <laughs> yes, there's so much going on. Now, one last thing, what is your website for people who want more information about you? 
Yeah, our website's just guitar.com, G-U-I-T-T-A-R-D. We're on Instagram, Guitar Chocolate, and Twitter's Guitar Choco, and Facebook is just Guitar Chocolate. And so there, we're all over the place. Well, <laughs> and there is a book trailer, which I put on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, um, featuring your new book, which is great. Oh, thanks. So any last uh, bit of advice for this Monday morning as we wrap up? Oh, no, just eat lots of chocolate and enjoy the holidays <laughs> and time with family. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Have a good one. Nice chatting with you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Amy Guitard, fifth-generation chocolate maker at the Guitard Chocolate Company and the author of the Guitard Chocolate Cookbook. If you missed any part of today's show, it will be up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org.